0: on a sad note um woke up to the news or like kind of went to sleep with the news that amp fiddler passed Uh, oh
1: i missed that altogether.
0: yeah yeah it's uh uh like yeah like shoes uh how shoes posted just like a picture of him on instagram anytime like there are a couple of people who i follow who will just post like a picture of someone. And whenever it's of someone where I'm like, Oh, I haven't thought about that person. Oh no, they're probably, this is probably a in memoriam. Uh, and that's what that was, is he like posted an old picture of him, like at his, whichever synth he was rocking. Uh, so yeah, just a, a, a bit of a, a bit of a melancholy start to the week. Uh, yeah. And well, I mean, I'm I'm sure many people
1: don't know Amp Fiddler, but was mm-hmm. a figure uh, kind of uh, particularly behind the scenes with a whole bunch of artists. And like, I mm-hmm. always see attributed as like, was the person that introduced Jay Dilla to Tribe Called Quest, yep. uh, but also was involved with all sorts of other artists, like ranging as far as like George Clinton and even like yeah. Jim Iroquois and and whatnot. So uh, yeah. It's uh, it's sad, but I like to I like to use these as moments to be like, oh, okay, this is a, this is a whole catalog I haven't
0: delved in deep into in quite some time. Not in a minute, yeah, get into it. Yep, and that's yeah, that's that's something that like I always remember is whenever I hear like not whenever I hear um a tribe called Quest like that kind of like Uma production era. It is that, like, oh, wow, yeah, there wouldn't be, like, a soul Quarians, I guess? Like, there wouldn't be that whole collective if that dude didn't kind of put Tip in touch with Dilla, right? Because, like, Mm -hmm. it was, like, Tip and Dilla and Quest and Erica Badu and D'Angelo and, like, they wouldn't have ever come together if like tip and Dilla didn't come together. So just like a big, yeah. One of those weird behind the scenes people, um, who had a massive impact, but has like almost an unrecognizable, um, like individual footprint as a musician outside of like, basically like Detroit house, uh, Like he was like the dude who helped to pioneer like the Detroit house music scene, uh, which is what led to like house and EDM and electronic music everywhere in the world was all pioneered in Detroit. So, yeah, just like a big one of those people who definitely matters a lot, but no one really realizes who he is. Uh, And he would rarely, like, demand credit either. I think, like, that was, like, one of the things where it was just like, oh, yeah, I'll play on whatever. Um, Because he functioned as, like, the mentor to a bunch of, like, just kind of really hood Detroit dudes. Uh, Just Mm -hmm. basically, like, oh, yeah, when we go over to Amp's house, like, you keep your, you use your inside voice and you take your shoes off. Like, it doesn't matter how you act out in the streets, like. You conduct yourself in a certain way when you're in this dude's house. So just a lot of, not just musically imprinted and impacted, but also as like a, hey, I can provide you with a moral compass and maybe some manners, especially if you're on some like, oh, I just put speakers in the back of stolen trucks and ride them as hard as I can. Uh, Not to say that that's what all the people in Detroit were doing, but hmm. it's a lot of There's a lot of history there. Um, All right. Anything else happened? Not anything else, but have have has anything popped up on your radar that is like adjacent to our world, Johnny?
1: Um. All right. So there's this. uh, There's actually a real time update on this Mm.
0: NYC thing. I just mm. saw, oh, which, uh, which which means we should we should be doing our podcast let's do let's do it yeah podcast podcast oh the po-
1: yes yeah, yeah. The podcast, podcast the podcast. podcast podcast
0: welcome to the F1 files folks i am using my radio voice right now uh this is the formula 1 podcast by two best friends who have loved this sport forever, regardless of whether or not the sport decides to love us back. And as you mentioned, Johnny, we got a little bit of love, and not just a little bit of love, but some like localized love? Question mark. Um, a <laughs> uh, big, big
1: question mark. Emphasize the question mark. So uh, we'll yeah. we'll dive into
0: we'll dive into this and open this oh, up, and then yeah, uh, I, I, after I blew after it. that. I blew it. I didn't even What's finish that? introing like who we are. I'm I, I'm one of the hosts. My oh, name's Corey Willis. Jesus. I'm, a, I'm a writer, oh, actor, improviser out here in Los Angeles, oh. California. Uh, who who am I talking to here? Who is this guy? Uh this is John
1: Lepore, creative consultant designing the future for film, technology, and automotive. And yeah, I'm I'm so excited just to get into just yeah. to get into our podcast today. Uh all mm-hmm. right. So mm-hmm. today we're going to do something a little fun. Yeah. As we're here at the end of the year, we're going to kind of like start to close up the, the yearbook on mm-hmm. 2023. And we're going to do so by awarding a few superlatives around the Formula One paddock for 2023. But before okay. that, there's a little, there's a little scuttle that we've seen popping up on Twitter, like literally just this morning. Mm-hmm. And I do have a real time update. Ooh, a real, real-time so, update. Real, wow. real real time update.
0: Real, 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 real time update. I uh, thought you so were going like re- for podcast effect uh, real time update. No, You're no, 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 like, no, no, no. You no. just this refreshed your stream and got some new. All right. Yeah. This is yeah. extremely
1: real time. Um, so this morning, I think it was Planet F1 uh mm-hmm. ran an article uh talking about discussion of there being a formula 1 race in new york city uh it looks like about 90 seconds after you sent that article to me the article was taken down <laughs> by planet f1 because uh, it spread like it. wildfire all over yeah. twitter and yeah. planet f1 has now posted for clarification this was Ooh. a hypothetical piece exploring the potential for a new york race and nothing more than that we have now taken this article down as a result of it being presented as news which wasn't the intention
0: so uh there is sounds the, like that i mean that's one lawyers uh imme- like someone's inbox blew up um they were like oh oh no 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 no, no. we are not an official mouthpiece
1: uh no. yeah i mean i i think it's also just you know the it, it started going it started spreading really quick. and so the the story yeah. there is there is some some stuff to talk about here, although I think the Monday morning flare up over this is maybe a little unnecessary. So back in April mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this was relatively quiet. It didn't seem to get even nearly as much attention back in April as it is right now, there was mention that New York city mayor. Eric Adams had reached out to F1 and proposed, hey, let's do a New York City race, which is something that's been discussed on and off for, I guess, decades at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Formula One said, yeah, awesome. Like, we're we're all about that. Let's talk about setting up a race in one of your most incredible locations such as an Eric Adams jumps in. Is like, I've got you Randall's Island. Randall's Island, uh, is, is the spot, uh, for, Uh, um, for those of you that are like, that's funny. I've never heard of Randall's Island. Randall's Island is like literally in like an armpit of New York city between, uh, it's, it's an Island in the East river. That is almost exclusively underneath the Triborough Bridge and yeah. and multiple other bridges, including like the Hell's Gate Bridge and whatnot. Yeah, uh, tucked between our old stomping ground of Astoria, yeah, uh, and is literally directly visible across from Astoria Park. Like when you go to Astoria Park, you see basically Randall's Island, and it's and then tucked the island between of Manhattan, Astoria, the Queens. Yeah. And yeah, and, and, and upper Manhattan, um, on, on the other side. So not the most, I mean, uh. it, you know, I mean, comparable to the fact, I think that years back, it sounded like we were very close to having a race that was going to take place in like, Weehawken, New Jersey solely yeah. because it would be on the cliff side there and you know, the helicopter camera would be able to see formula one cars and midtown Manhattan in the background. Yep. And yep. you could more or less get some of the same effect at Randall's Island. Um, although you'll also be, you know, a lot more, you'll be closer to like the yeah. Bronx and to Rikers Island. than you will be to, you know, Times Square
0: for instance.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Was- um, so, so it sounds like that proposal did not go over very well. And Stefano Domenicali's, you know, counter was like, well, what about Central Park? You know, yeah. we could set up something in Central Park and be minimally invasive to Manhattan and whatnot. Yeah. Yep. Um, This morning, Formula One Twitter is going absolutely berserk. Over this, uh, I'd say from what I've seen, a, a lot of tremendously negative uh, yes. feedback, you know, from, you know, okay, what, you know, what classic race are we going to
0: throw out in favor of another American another, track? Another American track, another American street track, like not even a bespoke yep. track. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah and, it. and even get it. you know little bits of like oh come on like you know like we don't want this in manhattan you know us new yorkers don't want this here and whatnot which i think especially after seeing how vegas was very shut down and i'd and actually nice. like to hear i haven't heard much about it but i'd love to get a sense of like how long did it take vegas to un f1 las vegas like is it even back to vegas yet or are they still you know yeah they trying to like unweld the down, manhole covers i was
0: just, yeah literally like taking down the infrastructure that had to be put up in order to have an f1 race like like weird welded and quick created like yep. drainage yeah um yeah i'd say that it would be a bit of a nightmare to host this in in midtown manhattan uh it's not Midtown Manhattan. It's like the between the Upper West Side and the Upper East Side. Um folks, take if you don't know what Central Park looks like, I don't know what to tell you. Um g- Google Google it. It would be an ideal setting for an F1 race in my opinion. Uh if you could just like basically take like a whole bunch of those like helicopters uh that are in uh what is it uh Swordfish where that like picks up the bus and, and and like takes off. Yeah. If you just had like a bunch of those helicopters, just like dropping a a ready built made F one track, including like paddock facilities. If you could just like drop Mm -hmm. that into central park, that would be perfect. But since that's not possible, this would be a logistical nightmare. Um, For anyone who's traveled through New York city, and ever been I mean, on a y- surface street you know, in a Mack truck <sighs> yeah well yeah. all
1: right so at the same time like my initial reaction is like logistical nightmare especially after seeing vegas but i think we mm-hmm. also don't factor in that like on a very regular basis new york city has logistical nightmares coming in and out i mean oh. you have the new york city marathon which is a race yep. on public streets Across all five boroughs that shuts yep. down all of that traffic for a, a Sunday, you know, like that's, that's the thing that happens. I mean, there's yeah. all these other sort of things. There's, you know, concerts and major events that come in and out that if they were in any other city, almost any other city in the world would completely redefine the character of that city for the time that that event is going on. And like in New York city, like you might not even realize that these things are, are happening. So there is something about like New York city does have a certain amount of like built in
0: tolerance and resilience. New year's celebration, right? Like every year they shut down more or less like shut down an entire section of one of the busiest parts of the country right so like they shut it down and yeah it's holidays and yeah there aren't that many people there and it's right after christmas so the shops aren't as packed but as people who have lived in new york and spent time in new york around new years the one of the only times i remember like recognizing the new year's celebration itself while living in new york was because we were standing on your rooftop when you proposed to your now wife like that is one of the only times when i've been like oh yeah that's right like new year's really does happen in new york and you don't have to be a part of it so yeah Mm -hmm. there may be a way to especially if there if if the infrastructure that needed to be put in place was being put in place within central park itself which is like one of those places that you don't unless unless you want to drive through central park you do not drive through central park like there's no shortcut through the park unless you're bruce willis and samuel l jackson in die hard with a vengeance then it's the quickest way from harlem to uh to to manhattan that we're not talking about Die Hard with a Vengeance here. We're talking about a Formula One Grand Prix. Uh, also, it they would need to have it shut down not just for the Sunday event. It would be yeah, a it would practice. be for it would
1: be for three days as well as I mean all the preparations all the in advance fair, and, and all yeah. of that the the you know accommodating however many hundred thousands of attendees and mm-hmm. and whatnot but. You know, I'm I'm all for it, you know. Yeah. I, I think it would be fun. I I can't, think, you know, I, I'm too biased be. towards, you know, I'm too biased towards the opportunity of seeing cars in, in New York City to, like, get yeah. too caught up in all the downsides. And I just want to start thinking about, like, there are some roads through Central Park that could be pretty slick. Oh, and my God. And I think God. even there's an Cap opportunity jump. that, like, you have to have a section or a leg or a sector that, like, breaks out of the park and, like... You yeah. know, goes like through Columbus, Columbus Circle yeah, yeah, absolutely. or, you know, or, or even does like dive bomb down Broadway to do a hairpin at Times Square and then back up Seventh yep. Avenue and back in yeah. the park or, or something yeah. like that. Like there's, there's some pretty fun opportunities in there. And I mean, you know, obviously it would just be spectacular, it would be a pretty yeah. wild event to see take place but yeah i don't know i don't think even like like uh, i mean maybe even like Mm -hmm. there's issues with like the sound of these cars like
0: ripping Mm -hmm. through manhattan and and whatnot but yeah it'd be not to mention as hell not to mention um and now like i know you like we're we're not going to talk about like the downside but as soon as you mentioned like going down one of these like major thoroughfares in new york i'm like oh if you thought that they had to do some major reinforcements to the drain pipes and uh waste i mean my god that is one of the oldest this is the oldest city in this country uh and like also other than boston has like some of it's like the Boston and New York are like a couple of the oldest cities that haven't been raised to the ground uh through like civil war right like that was like <laughs> but the infrastructure is atrocious it's atrocious john you've driven I mean let's York be streets. clear
1: yeah. if if carlos signs is going down broadway and he sucks up a manhole cover yeah. 900 degree steam will be shooting out yes. from that hole. Like, that's <laughs> like people don't re- like New York City somehow is yeah. still powered by steam. And like, once every five years, like one of these things just like opens up and they're like, oh, someone's car fell into a sinkhole in the street yeah. in front of Grand Central Station and was horrifically burned by thousand degree steam that is gushing out of the yes. heart of manhattan like I yeah
0: just, i don't it's yeah it's bananas um but yeah i mean it would be great to see a race there but also it would also it would be like a oh you thought you thought the vegas weekend was fraught with uh people being angry about things not being exactly oh, how yeah. they need to i mean as someone who's traveled through vegas heh, there was there were, even if you were working, even if like some of these service industry people, no disrespect, but you do not hold like a candle to like a a junior high student trying to get to class in the morning in New York City. Having taken like oh, the God, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, you can't. Yeah, they will roast you. They will shove you out of the way. uh So that's like. I'm not saying every New Yorker is like that, but I'm saying if you try to like impede their progress in their morning commute as a former resident of the city of New York, I, there was no, but also
1: though, the yeah. New
0: York City residents
1: also though have the sixth sense to know when to stay away from, you know, mm-hmm. Herald Square around the time of the the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade, you know, exactly. and you you avoid Times Square at all costs because you can't afford to walk at the speed that the tourists are walking at, you know, like yeah. it's there's Yeah. New York, New York City has a way of, you know, evolving around all of this madness um all right so new york city f1 uh still a pipe dream a pipe dream filled with boiling hot steam (laughs) um but uh (laughs) but you know something that i think will continue to come up uh Uh, basically like every six months until it finally happens um let's move on to our end of year yearbook superlatives mm-hmm. uh corey and i have found via via google when you just google like high school yearbook support superlative they kind of like aggregate like are these some of the things you're looking for and so out of a group of i don't know 20 or so we've yeah. narrowed it down to i don't know we've got like 10 or 12 of these yeah. Yeah. that yeah. we will we will run through and why don't we just start it off i'm gonna go one out of order just to begin because this seems okay. like a very quintessential superlative um and that is looking at you know the 2023 formula 1 season who do we think is most likely to succeed
0: ah yeah that uh forward looking um like who's going to end up not just like at a good school but like will end up starting their own business and when they graduate um hmm most likely to succeed this is also tough because it's like relative to the other success that's happening on the grid especially around them right um hmm if we're going individual most likely to succeed going forward i want to say I mean the easy choice here is Lewis because ideally he'll have like a great car going forward but I think most likely to succeed would be Yuki Sonoda I mean I think he's got Mm. the whole world has been laid out for him Um, yep he's 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 got the uh, first of all he's got a strong teammate in Daniel Ricardo who will actively be helping give great feedback on a car that is going to now take on a whole bunch of components from Red Bull, right? Like they are taking like the maximum allotment of parts from Red Bull versus the way that they have been running the past few years, which is we do our own aero. We just purchase like certain components from your, your team, but we have our own design. We do our own suspension. We do our own floor design. And I think this past year, especially seeing at the end of the year the upgrades that Yuki was able to to really produce impressive point scoring uh, weekends off of, like I think that there's a, a good chance that Yuki will be put in a great position to I don't know, like lead that team, but maybe lead that team. I mean, it's going to be hard yeah, to do yeah, yeah. with Danny, Danny Rick on the other side of the garage, but if he's putting up the numbers, I like, yeah,
1: I like where your head is at. Uh, and I've got, I've got some thoughts about Yuki with another, another oh, yeah. one of our superlatives yeah. oh, but yeah. for, for likely to succeed. To me, the easiest one was Oscar Piastri. As oh yeah. Just yeah. like, I just Absolutely. see him as a, as a rising star, and I don't know what's going to happen in his future. I just feel that it's going to be good. And I'll throw in one one bonus, mm-hmm. which is someone who I feel like is almost set up in a place of automatic forgiveness and can't lose, Ooh. which is James Vowels. Uh, I think James Vowels yeah. at Williams yeah. leading Williams if he can only move them a millimeter forward, that's a major accomplishment. And if he yeah. can move them centimeters or full meters forward, then that's an astounding achievement and, yeah. and makes him, you know, to me that's like an easy win or an, and puts him pretty, pretty well poised for likely to succeed. Yeah. Um, let's, let's uh, let's keep it, let's keep it rolling. Uh, next on the superlative list, uh, Corey,
0: is there anyone that comes to mind for you as most talkative? I mean I hate to go back to back here but we got Yuki sonoda uh once again for this one mm. this dude um mm-hmm. I'm now concerned that a lot of this list is going to include Yuki sonoda but that's fine that's fine um uh yeah I think Yuki is maybe not the most talkative but in the same way that I love hearing. Old Kimi Raikkonen radio. Like yeah. out of context, Kimi Raikkonen radio is like the kind of thing that just like warms my heart. Uh, even though it is almost always out of anger and frustration and in the moment hearing it, I was always like, ooh, easy there, easy Kimmy, easy Kimmy, easy, easy. And I'm kind of the same way with Yuki. And I just love, I love it. It's, Um, it's
1: pure emotion. It's pure emotion. You have to, you have to love that. Uh, I'm, I'm with you there. And I think I, I'm always happy to hear a most talkative Yuki Sonoda. For me, most talkative, I'm classifying this as the like, would you please just shut up already? Uh, (laughs) Does not stop running their mouth. And to Uh me, it's no question yeah. That is Christian Horner. Oh. Who, uh, You know, throughout the whole season, he's constantly uh, making all sorts of comments, doing bits of like almost formal gossip, but in a way yeah. that is always like celebrating himself and all. Uh, and for me, the pinnacle of this was a few weeks back. Uh, it was, it's a great listen. It's worth checking out, but he's on uh, Zach Shepard's podcast. Uh, Uh, Dax Shepard's uh, uh, F1 podcast and over the course of that podcast he tells so many sort of like out of school tales about like what was going on with Danny Rick you know coming back to the team and like all of these other stories and every single one of them is solely like positioned around like and that was my opportunity to like you know be pretty, uh, you know, get to give him another chance. And he's lucky that he's got me as a pal. And like, just was congratulating himself over and over again while spilling all this tea that didn't seem like it was the kind of stuff that you would typically uh, think that everybody's comfortable with you sharing these private discussions, you know, out there with the so world.
0: What was what was one thing from that conversation where you were, that really kind of like you know reinforced this idea john you and i have been the, like er, 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 we, we've we talked about this on the podcast off the podcast like when christian comes on and he's like our man on the pit wall we're going to like listen to what someone from mm-hmm. one of the teams has to say anytime it's christian horner i'm like oh i'm so thankful i have a subscription to f1 tv because i can change the broadcast channel. And I can still watch the race and just not have to listen to Christian Horner yep. just repeatedly congratulate himself on yeah. like all of his efforts and also simultaneously, usually like dismissing other people's efforts or playing down like the decision making ability of other, not just team principals, but like other. Like other organizations, which is just like, Oh God, shut up. So yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. Um, but what was, what was like, like something I can think of one specific thing that I saw on there that like, it wasn't necessarily a talking like out of school. Um, but it was just that kind of like, let me involve myself so much more than is ever necessary. Um, the thing that stuck out was him talking about when he used to race against, uh, Sophie Verstappen. Um, uh, so Max's right. mom. Yeah. Uh, and I loved that. Like Dax is like, I think that was like a great, I, I haven't watched the whole interview and I, I should watch it because, uh, as, as much of like, I'm not a huge Dax Shepherd fan. Um, he's really really good at interviewing and he's really really good at getting people to just like drop their guard Uh, and he's Mm -hmm. also really good at doing the thing that we love MJ for uh, our uh, one of our best friends which is like he will snipe you at like a moment when you are just not expecting it and yeah that was what Dax Shepard did at the end of this like oh yeah I was racing against like you know, all these people, all these amazing athletes and whatever. And he's like, but uh, Max's mom beat you, right? (laughs) And he was like, ah, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Of course she beat me. And it was just so wonderful to watch Christian Horner have to be like, yes, I was beaten. I was beaten by someone. Uh, And he's like, it's so weird. Yeah, you like, she beat you and now like you're her son's boss. Like what a weird, what a weird situation. (laughs) It's just like, oh yeah. Also kind of under... Lining the fact that like Christian Horner isn't really Max Verstappen's boss. He's not. I mean.
1: Yeah. Well, so, and that's, that's the thing that irks not.
0: me the most about this is like, it,
1: there's almost no scenario where as a team leader, mm-hmm. it would be cool for you to like publicly talk about the shortcomings of the members of your team. You yes. know what? Not right. But he's doing that constantly. Constantly. Yeah. And, but, but also going into like, not just like, oh, well, like, you know, we know they need to, you know, improve on doing this or that or whatnot, but like getting into like emotional aspects and like, you know, career mm-hmm. decisions and all of these things that he's being like hyper judgmental about. That again, like, there's something about like in any world, you would expect yeah. that the person that you're talking about would be very upset by you just. Publicly announcing this out there to the world, yeah, and for him to be intentionally brazen in doing that, it's almost his sort of statement of like saying, like, well, they need me more than I need them. So there's no reason that it would be uncool for me to do this yeah. and put this out there. This is not going to make dinner, you know, conversation more uncomfortable the next time we're together. And like that, that disturbs me particularly as someone who. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong, solid team principle and all, mm-hmm. but like uh this explosive success is also uh very easily, you know, accounted for by people like Max and yep.
0: Adrian Newey and, yep. and whatnot. So and even Helmut Marco with his foresight in the Young Drivers program. Yeah. Like but- to to me it almost speaks to
1: maybe there it's even an insecurity that's building in Christian that he doesn't get enough credit and he's trying yeah. to like assert that through this sort of stuff. So uh I could keep crapping on Christian. Yeah, all yeah. Day this long, this should that's that's that. easy, yeah, yeah. easy win for for most most talkative. Okay. Yep, yep. Um
0: I'm willing to to right. strike through my Yuki Sonoda submission uh and pivot to <laughs> yeah, Christian Horner's. I like most I, but I like
1: I like the I like the the
0: the the Yuki radio
1: is is something that I enjoy. I think yeah. I think that's that's valid as well. Um all mm-hmm. right, next superlative up is Oh god, yeah. Class clown. Uh yep. Corey, any anyone that comes to mind as the the class clown?
0: Uh it's not so much the class clown. Clown, as much as like the entire like education, like Department of Education, uh, is is comprised of a series of clowns at different uh levels of efficiency at their job. Um, but we're talking Ferrari. Uh, the class clowns are a Ferrari. They're an entire organization of clowns. Uh, can you be? Yeah. Can- it's like Corey, turtles you, all the way you, down. It's like clowns all the way down, like all you, the way to the bottom. You, sh- you should know in like
1: clown college, can there mm-hmm. be a class clown? Is that possible? Or is it just sort of like at that point, it's just clown white noise at all times.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, there is, there is a, a class clown version of this, which is like every once in a while, there will be someone who shows up in like in the world of improvised comedy specifically, where they just are so like perfect at just being themselves that all but they don't have to put on a performance. Like they just have to exist. Uh and they stand out because they're their clowning is so effortless uh hmm. that it like is like impressive. We are like, wow, you may not be the most talented improviser. You may not be the most talented performer, but there is something about you that you don't even realize exists that just makes you perfect for this role. Um, like a, whatever the bad version of like, je ne sais quoi is, that's what Ferrari has for clowning.
1: So they just, yeah, they, and, and they're you admire it even more because they are just being their truest selves. Yeah. Like I couldn't, it's it's clearly, yeah, it's not an act. It's not a mistake. They
0: are just being like, I'm almost like these people. I end up being like, there's like a flash in the pan of like pure unfiltered jealousy where I'm like, how do you do it? Like how I can't, my brain doesn't work like yours. And it's like frustrating to me that I couldn't even come up with what you just said or did. And I think Ferrari is, is that to a like to a person, right. Um, to a molecule, uh, uh, like every person involved with the Ferrari organization, including Matteo Bonato, who is no longer even involved in the, like he's still, mm-hmm like fully represents the spirit of the clown which is Ferrari right um yeah i don't uh, yeah is there anyone i i love it yeah. i
1: have i i mean i have i have no alternative to this this is uh it's it's to me the moment i see uh class clown uh there's there's only one answer and i think yeah. you've summed it up perfectly and added even more power and resonance behind this. Like this isn't like this isn't yeah. a mistake. This is just clearly at this point, this is the mm-hmm. way that it was meant to be.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. There is savant. There's there is a certain level mm-hmm. of savant that is required for what for what for what Ferrari is able to do. That other teams it's just not in their DNA. For whatever reason it just isn't in their DNA. Which is impressive because for such a long time Ferrari was so dominant and so impressive but if you look at it you're like oh why was Ferrari so dominant and so impressive And it's like oh because there were a few people who would just go all right clowns get it together (laughs) and like everyone would somehow like perfectly line up it's like watching like um like circus clowns do the like stumbling around and then like one clown just happens to double over and another clown like falls over him and lands perfectly in like a cream pie. Like his face just perfectly lands in it. Like, it's like, how did you even, I, it's, I, we couldn't have planned that. If we went back in a retrospective, literally, I think if Ferrari went back in a retrospective and looked at all of their clown behavior. They'd be like, we can't repeat this. We don't know. We don't. We don't have the ingredients. It's, I love it's it. Incredible. It's I love
1: incredible.
0: it. It's perfect. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, all right. Next. Next superlative up is who in Formula One is mm-hmm. the most caring.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, we're, I'll. We're, we're I'll, I'll
1: go scared. right out there and say that even and it's and it's lovely because it like perfectly juxtaposes the dark Alonso rising. Mm-hmm. Um, storyline that we've been watching closely but just seeing fernando alonso have this incredible like you can just tell fernando he's a very gentle lover he's very in tune with uh with his his partners and his ecosystem around him and just things like Mm -hmm. the way all season long that he seemed to be looking out for the almost completely helpless lance stroll Yes. And seem to be supporting him, the providing
0: guidance. Baby full Yes. Uh that Lance Stroll somehow remains. God.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, and despite the fact that he even has this like super gross position of being, you know, daddy's daddy's driver, Alonzo yeah. is still caring for him, looking out for him, looking out for him like in the middle of a race and like seeing him on a video screen and mm-hmm. like asking questions about, you know, what was just happening at the past corner with his teammate and, and whatnot, even though they're on opposite sides of the track. Like to me, that's uh, uh, you know, uh, w- what's the meme. It's like, you know, you need you, somebody who looks at you the way that Fernando Alonso watches Lance stroll it's, on a yeah. jumbotron while driving, a. Uh, fighter jet millimeters off the ground.
0: Yes, that is the perfect version of that meme, John. Yes, John. Uh I want I want all that text <laughs> just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> oh god. Ooh, quick sidebar, we've got to talk about rolling off the tongue. We didn't we didn't uh, we mm-hmm. we got to we got to step outside of the superlatives. Um the F1 stake.
1: Oh is god. It?
0: Uh Uh, F one stake something something. Kick Sauber. Kick Sauber. Yeah, the new
1: for twenty twenty four.
0: God, it's so bad.
1: Sauber's new team name, new official team name. It's so bad. Is it's so uh, it's now prioritizing kick, which is some sort of like video streaming, something or Twitch or. Esports, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's a. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, so kick is. Uh, this is something that like I didn't really realize until I started like like looked into like oh what is kick what what is this whole thing so it's uh uh stake F one team kick sauber is the name of uh I'm sorry what oh, st- <laughs> stake <laughs> F one team kick sauber is, is stake F one team kick sauber. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, uh, I, I I figured this out and it's because Twitter is just like a terrible place and we don't have a ton of followers. I feel like I need to say this out loud here uh, because when it hit me, it hit me so perfectly. Uh, and you know that song, um, I'm at the Pizza Hut, I'm at the Taco Bell, I'm at the combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Yep. Well, I'm at the Steak F1 I'm at the Team Kicksauber. I'm at the combination Stake F1 Team Kicksauber. It, like, again, it's like, it's perfect. It rolls off the song.
1: Honestly, the, the more you say it, the more I like the musicality of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially the te- Team Kicksauber almost sounds like it could be a single word in
0: another mm-hmm. language.
1: Team Kicksauber. Yes. Steak yeah. F1 Team Sauber. Yeah,
0: just put that in Arnold Schwarzenegger's Austrian accent. Uh, <laughs> that's. Oh my God. <laughs> it loses. S- uh, so, all right. Sorry. Staffing. Sorry. Had to had to step outside stick of the most F1, caring. Team Team Kick Sour. Take
1: F1. One. Team Kick Sour. Take F1. Team Kick Sour.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, uh, back, let's yeah, let's the most keep caring. Let's, let's... Alonzo. Alonzo. Hands down. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, there's, there's no one more caring. There's no one more concerned. Yeah. Um, Also, if you like look at, uh, if if we like widen out here and do a little bit more of a macro look at, uh, of Alonzo, the reason he has made the moves that he's made in his career, if you look back, they pretty much all, their reactions to the people around him not caring as much as he does. Or he feels that the people around him do not care as much as he does. So he moves to a place mm. that allows him to care and feel as though other people are like rising to his level, right? Like look literally look at his history. Yeah. So I-, I think this is like so spot on that he is the most caring. Um and also he was he's so caring. Fernando Alonso is so caring that he went ahead (laughs) and built a time machine so he could go back and break his own wrist a year before his future teammate would then break his wrist. Like, he was so deeply caring that this man has bent the rules of space and time in order to demonstrate his level of care. And that's just... It's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. He cared so much that he mm-hmm. had this
1: meteoric rise at the start of the season mm-hmm. that he then just kind of like threw away because he didn't want to deeply shame his yeah. poor inadequate teammate. Yeah. and uh, brought the whole team down around uh, around them. Um it's wonderful wild. stuff and I and I I really I love I love your your deep Deep rooted analysis or finding so the much. full arc of yeah. like not just not just how much does he care, but why? Why like, why, why does, does he, care he care so much? And um, all of his let's, decisions. Let's...
0: If you look at his career, look at Fernando Alonso's <laughs> career, and everyone's like, Oh yeah, my god, yeah, he made yeah. all these horrible he's... decisions. Put it through that filter, and it's like, no, no, he made exactly the right decision every single time.
1: I also still think he's he's on the light side of the force. And could yeah. could slip right onto the dark side uh, at is. any given moment, uh, yeah. uh, you know, powered by those same by so those exact same factors.
0: He's post Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker when he starts to flirt with the dark side and becomes a dark Jedi.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. that's I mean, that is that's Fernando Fernando yeah. Alonso, dark Jedi, is the dark Jedi. Uh, yeah, Disney Plus. You get that one for yeah, free. Yeah, yeah. Run, with, yeah, yeah. run with that. Yeah,
0: the next. We're um, right. marching. Uh,
1: yeah, let's go. Next, let's go. N- next up on the list, uh, we're gonna do uh, best couple, mm-hmm. best couple in yeah. in Formula One. And there's there's a few of a these that one. come to mind for yeah. for for me, Corey. Who who jumps out to you as as best couple?
0: Uh, I mean, initially. I wanted to go with like the like the the Bennifer of this season um which for those who are unaware of Benifer it's uh Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez when they combined them they made this dumb name uh, and Carlando was the dumb name that they came up with mm-hmm. um Yep. And like I feel like that is cutest couple but also like they kind of came up together they're like golfing buddies so it's not that cute it's like oh it's those two again but
1: but also the best on track collaboration between teammates who also are not teammates who Who are are definitely not not teammates teammates, yeah yeah for sure uh, doing incredible teamwork um this season uh that was singapore right where that was going on Uh, yeah I late, think. late laps of the Singapore race where, yeah. uh, Carlos was, was making sure that Lando Norris was catching DRS off of him and whatnot. Yeah. And it was helping both of them out beautifully. Yeah. Uh, yeah. that was, that to me was gorgeous. Um, so that's all right. That,
0: uh, that got, that got, that got supplanted though. That did get supplanted. Yeah. What's, what's, uh, we're talking, who's, sh- who's the cute, who's the cutest couple, the the cutest couple, <laughs> in my opinion is Charles Leclerc and Lewis Hamilton. Uh when they both mm. got disqualified from the Austin Grand Prix, I think that they just immediately became like the couple that none of us expected. But all like when when they got together, all of us were like, "Oh my god, of course." Oh my god, it like did. They, they did both
1: look other. really good sharing that terrible milkshake. Yeah, together.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like the saddest, saddest milkshake. Um, mm-hmm. And they're sucking it through like cocktail straws. They're not. They don't even have like the decent size bendy straws. It's just a little drink, like the little red. Cocktail straws you oh, get geez. For, uh, for 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 yeah, like yeah. A whiskey.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you're like you're like <laughs> popping blood vessels yeah, yeah, in your forehead, yeah. trying to pull they, uh malted malted milkshake through that. They um, look so
0: good together doing it, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. um they, they did. That was that was actually that was like almost uplifting to see, in spite of something that was otherwise frustrating. To see right? that it brought the two of them together. That it's was like, kind of a beautiful moment. It's
0: it's you and me against the world, babe. Like that's what it like felt like when they like uh uh co like collaborated on an Instagram post at like immediately mm. after the press conference where it was just both of them like oh like looking all forlorn and yeah it was great. I loved it. Yeah. Uh what yeah. what huge, about you? i huge fan
1: of that. Well, yeah, where, where uh, are you at with that? Cool. Outside of the ones that you've mentioned, uh I'm gonna I'm gonna defer this back to the the twenty twenty two season. And there's an image that is burnt into my mind for some reason, which is in the Mercedes garage, seeing Toto Wolf, uh, you know, standing in his normal position, monitoring everything that's going on. And right alongside him was Nick DeVries, uh, and they are both wearing the same, you know, Mercedes button down shirt and they both Mm -hmm. have the same Mercedes like jacket or sweater Tied yep. around their necks in the preppiest fashion yep. imaginable. Like both of them and like it's it's giving the strongest like Dr. Evil and Mini Me or like you know, bring your bring your kid to work day um sort <laughs> of vibe. Bring your, your and little Dutch kid to work day. <laughs> bring your little Dutch oh. kid to work day. And yeah, I don't know why that stuck with me so intensely, but I can't can't get that image out yeah. of my mind.
0: Yeah. that is um, a right. great Roll, that is a great image.
1: Rolling rolling forward. I'm gonna I'm gonna start buzzsawing through yeah, let's get uh, a few let's of get these because we've got a few more to uh, to go. Mm-hmm. Um most most likely to survive an apocalypse.
0: Uh now this one is is not going to a human being. This one is not going to an entity. This one is going to much like you just did, thrown back to twenty twenty two. 2023 we had the w13 and the w14 these are the mercedes uh chassis of the past couple of years indestructible george russell absolutely sending it in every situation possible and the only (laughs) time that car was like actually destroyed was when he went straight into a barrier wall uh trying to like follow lando norris's line um i think that was that in baku was that where that was? I can't remember. What.
1: Uh no, that was Singapore. That was that, Singapore. Was, that was also uh,
0: Singapore cheese. That was um,
1: everything was Singapore. Everything was uh, Singapore. this season. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think. That Mercedes is a ridiculously durable Tank. Formula One car. I'll I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just endorse that. I don't think I don't think I can find no. something better than uh Mercedes car uh just rolling over
0: zombies in the streets.
1: Mm-hmm. That's your that's your best bet. I imagine um, at a certain next, point
0: you can just like break off part of it and like it's like edible too. You can like eat part of the car.
1: uh, Yeah, yeah, it'll sustain life for, uh, you know, any, for as long as, you know, your standard nuclear fallout will last. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, next, next superlative, uh, Mm -hmm. best attendance, best Mm. attendance. Now, for me, when I think of best attendance, I don't think of this as being like some sort of like superlative that exists to be like celebrated or to admire one of your classmates. Like, I think this is like meant to be like a low key, like who's just like, who are you just sick of? Who's pissing you off? Who's the, always the first person to raise their hand in class. Who's the person that is just getting on everyone's nerves. And to me, no question that is George Russell. George Russell is the, you know, he's always there five minutes before everybody else. Just solely because he hopes it makes everyone else look bad, Mm -hmm. Uh, and and sometimes I can't even articulate exactly what it is that like irks me about George Russell, and he's a fine driver, and I and I wish him tremendous success, Um, of course. But yeah, especially this season, I think we got to see some moments where he really like got on everyone's nerves, or just sort of like pushed his. Goody to shoe-ness into a whole other dimension of, of irritability.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going to say I mean, in the in the same spirit um of like just being like, I'm sick of seeing you week in and week out just being like the most like the thing that I just cannot ignore, but I want to ignore. Uh, I was going to go with Red Bull as an organization. Like I wish that I would even like, say, just make it the the
1: Dutch national anthem or oh, the yeah. Austrian national anthem. Best, yeah, best attendance, right?
0: Yeah, best attendance would have to be the Austrian uh, national anthem if we're going for just like a a, a non corporeal thing. Um, but yeah, I'd say if we're talking about corporeal, it's George Russell all the way that dude needs to get out of my face someone needs to like (laughs) uh (laughs) someone needs to uh put this boy in like some sort of uh like john you and i both saunter we both have a very like distinct it's commented on by people i I, i thank you i know the way you walk uh is like a unique thing i know the way that i walk is a unique thing i know it has like a bit of like an attitude to it or whatever i need someone to Take George Russell and like put him in elocution, like put him in a class where he has to like walk with a stack of books on his head from one end of the pit lane to the other so that he stops doing that like saunter swagger thing that he does when he walks because that he doesn't even have to say anything. I see him like stroll through like the, (laughs) the gates and I'm like, man, George, just you're not. You don't get to walk that confidently. I get you're a tall dude, you got long legs, you got a little bounce. But you not you're not a Kingsman. Stop with the Kingsman thing. You just wow. Ugh. wow. I uh
1: yeah, I look forward to seeing how they handle the, you know, the video shoot for the opening title sequence for next mm-hmm. season and they get like George Russell and they're just like, "Hey, how about you just put your hands in your pockets, buddy?"
0: Yeah. How about this. You, no. Don't Can lean do against that? that wall. Don't stop leaning against that wall, yeah. George. Stand up straight. Stand up straight. Yep. L- look at the camera the whole time. Don't do any cute. I'm gonna look away and then. Why look are at you it. laying down on the floor <laughs> and
1: you know propping your your <laughs> you know bending your elbows onto the floor and putting your hand uh, rested uh, putting your head rested in your hands like what are you doing, George? Yeah.
0: It's either he's. Full, George, where'd you, you get that garfield phone from yeah, what are you doing yeah, Let's, yeah. you why are you bring him do dude don't no come yeah. on um yeah it's either he has to stay perfectly still or they need to suspend him in some sort of like mission impossible like rig so that he just he looks like a frantic like discombobulated toddler who has no control over his limbs i don't want that dude yep in control of his body for the photo shoot uh, all, right, all
1: right, let's blast yep. Yep. through a few more of these. Uh, uh, most changed. Ooh, most changed. For for me, this oh. was the season of Yuki Sunoda's puberty hitting. Yeah, like yeah. this was he he had some uh, turmoil, had a lot of unpredictable stuff happening around him, and mm-hmm. I think it made him better. For it. he sort of, you know, became a stronger, wiser, young gentleman coming out of a, uh, what at times was a broken home this yes. season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just like, how did you end up being as competent? Um, I mean, the man went through three teammates this year and handily beat every single one of them. One of which is the implication, right? That literal, like the future of the sport, uh, he like came in and was able to like competently like regain his composure and start to do better mm-hmm. than Liam Lawson. He destroyed Nick DeVries in the first half of the season and he destroyed Daniel Ricardo in the last few races. I mean it wasn't a lot of time but yeah, I think Yuki is is the most changed and kind of like it goes back up to the whole idea of like this dude is probably the most likely to succeed. Um, I'd like to see him in a few more races against Daniel Ricardo before I trust that he would be able to hold his own against maybe a Max Verstappen. Um, I think another two years in a team that like is putting up solid numbers and yeah, put him in a car next to Max Verstappen and I have a lot more confidence with some distance from the season now. At the very end of the season, I was like, "Eh, I don't know about putting Yuki in a car with Max. But yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'd like to see him, if he beat three teammates, why can't he beat a fourth? He outpaced Sergio. um, Right? Like he made it to Q3 almost as many times as Sergio Perez did (laughs) this year. (laughs) Which is crazy. Um, Yep. So I think for sure Yuki Yuki gets that one. Uh, All right. Next up, this is a lot. This is a lock. This is just the easiest possible superlative that we're both going to be on the same page with. It's best hair, John. Which one That's of our Carlos yeah. Signs juniors are we going to pick here? Well,
1: yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's. I like. I like Carlos Signs when he first takes the helmet off. Uh huh. And like, you can tell that he's immediately anxious about like, oh, I hope my helmet didn't mess my hair mm-hmm. up. Carlos, it's never messed up, buddy. No, it no. looks perfect every single time you take that helmet off. I don't know how you do it. I don't know what's yeah. going on. I don't know if like if if the the guy the 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 Swedish Dyson guy has designed yeah. a special helmet that like <laughs> keeps his hair well, it's, perfectly it's like vacuumed blowout, yeah. into <laughs> a floby, like you know, like I don't know what's going on, but like yeah, you don't gotta worry about a
0: thing, buddy. No. It looks, no
1: no. It looks Looks amazing. Stop inventing,
0: you know? He does, yeah, it's, yeah, seriously, stop inventing, buddy. Uh, yeah, when he does like the one, like takes off his balaclava and then like runs his hands through his hair and you can like perfectly see the path his fingers took at, like through like the pompadour he creates for himself. It's just- like it's, Adrian Newey is studying that. Like
1: he's yes. got like a, he's got a, a like 8X size replica- of Carlos oh, Sainz's hand, hand in yeah. the wind tunnel, and he's just like, this is it. This is going to be our new, this will be the 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 next season's diffuser, right? Uh-huh. Here. It's yeah. perfect.
0: Yeah. You know how they said they it, the the next year's, uh, the RB20 is uh, uh, a revolution versus an evolution? Well, it's revolutionized by Carlos Sainz Jr.'s hair.
1: All that, uh, all that CFD, all that computational follicle dynamics that they yep. are working out there.
0: Oh God. All right. Yeah. Best hair, of course. Um now we're getting into kind of the the extras here, um, which is most likely to be president. Who out of all of F1 is most likely to become president? All
1: right. So for me, you need to bring a certain level of like maturity to mm-hmm. what it is that you're that you're doing, uh, that you're putting out there. And I, I think, in in almost all seriousness, like there's a chance that somewhere, like two decades from now, Sebastian Vettel is yeah. like a a German prime minister or or something to that effect. Yep. Uh, if not president of the FIA, right? Or, yeah. or president yeah. of or the maybe Formula One.
0: Both. Uh, maybe he becomes. Yes, yeah prime minister the, he's the only Chancellor entity that can and, that can unify yeah. all of them yeah 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 uh, um yeah i think i think sebastian vettel is definitely most likely to be president i think if we're like uh kind of tailoring it to like uh, uh u.s politics which of course we're going to tailor it to that because it's oh, the thing we have the most oh boy. Uh, experience with um i'd say like uh if we're talking about like campaigns. Um, I'd say like uh, uh, Lewis needs to be put into the conversation as like a Bernie Sanders esque campaign where it's like, Oh, this mm. dude has no chance, but he's going to stir the pot and like pull the field in a more progressive uh, in a more progressive direction, which is more or less what he did with Sebastian Vettel, right? Like he definitely, mm-hmm. his combined like activist, like activism, um, and awareness of like the environmental, you know, uh, byproducts of being a race driver was like, Oh, we need to do a lot more. Um, and I think like Lewis, like really putting forth a team in like the extreme E, uh, was like kind of a, like, Hey, we're going for like a carbon neutral sport. And now we've got Seb who's doing like, what is it like? Race towards some. It's like I can't remember the exact name. That's probably not great branding. Um, but it, whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, Seb's not a marketing guy necessarily, but he's he's a great political figure. Um, but like the idea is like they want to be carbon neutral. F one is going to be carbon neutral. Uh, eventually, because of the efforts of Sebastian Vettel, and I think. Seb wouldn't be where he is as an activist without Lewis kind of pushing him and driving him and showing him how his activism can be helpful and impact people. Um, But as far as president, uh, President Vettel all the way, Uh, president of the world, let's just make him like world chancellor, Um, because I think he's kind of got it right. Yeah, if we're we're talking locked up. If we're also talking U.S. politics, then there is technically only one person who could ever become president because there's only one person who's been born in the U.S., and that's Logan Sargent. And I don't know if I want Logan Sargent to be president of anything.
1: Uh, yeah, a hard yeah. pass on that. But uh, uh, <laughs> Zach Brown. Zach Brown, right? You got Zach Brown. Another, yes, yeah. Yep. Zach Brown, he seems like he could have that sort of like uh florida mm-hmm. suntan uh you know sliminess about him when, yeah when necessary i would also put out there uh james vowels again yes. just as the person that like i could see like once a week coming on television just to be like you know citizens of country x mm-hmm. uh i'm here to inform you of the next wave of terrible news that
0: i have yes. to share but with i'm you going to say it in made. the most yes. soothing voice and with like such a furrowed brow that you go like he's trying he's actually doing quite well all things considered which is mm-hmm. james Val's, where it's like yep. he showed up to a team that was literally still losing parts as a technical yep. director he showed up to a team that was losing parts i mean i I don't know how to put that any more plainly. But it's like if you like if you went to to like uh if you time traveled to like um not even time traveled cuz dude was alive in like the 70s. But like Pablo Picasso, uh right? Um like would be like a great uh, no, it's a it's a bad analogy. Um, uh, it's is uh, this analogy is falling <laughs> apart. I am just going to abandon it. Um,
1: falling apart, like Williams trying to assemble uh, a vehicle from yeah, missing yeah. parts. I mean, it'd be like lost yeah, but, parts.
0: I, yeah, it'd be like Pablo Picasso teaching an art school, which he wasn't going to teach, and then not knowing where all of his art supplies are. See, this is why I, like abandon this because it's not Oof. good. But if, Oof. Yeah, all right, all right, you, know right, right. you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's unthinkable next, next. uh yeah that he'd be able to do this well. Um all right. Next up, last up. Who's gonna be famous? Who's gonna be famous, John? Who's gonna be famous?
1: Who's gonna be famous? All right, so we we were talking about likely to succeed, mm-hmm. but succeed is different mm-hmm. than famous. Um yeah. So I'm going to say that there's a chance that we – well, we already, I think, have seen signs that Mm
0: -hmm. a
1: new sort of like goat crown has been bestowed to Logan Sargent to be continually referred to as the guy that's holding up the back of the field, that's Mm -hmm. ruining other people's races, that's just kind of like – a cone on the track for everyone else to
0: navigate. He's the um, he's so the I'm gonna kid say who's still who who has to go to the bathroom after you've like twenty minutes ago. You're like, hey, we're about to get in the car. Does anybody have to pee? And then like belted in. Logan's like, uh,
1: making I, making everybody else do extra push ups <laughs> yeah, in gym yeah, class. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah, 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 just. Yeah. Yeah, just but,
0: Famous slash infamous. I guess this should be most likely to be infamous. Yep. Would be a better, um, a better classification here. Um, yeah, not being able to like even make, not even be able, not even being able to put a like a lap time on the board, uh, at your home race, at one of your three home races.
1: That's rough. That's is four like, of your three home races. My Yikes.
0: God, dude. Yeah, yeah. He never made Q3 in any of his home races, and he didn't even put a lap time in on his last chance of making Q3. Is what a banana's. What like a truly a banana's existence. Um undeniable. So I mean this this closes out our our
1: superlatives you can begin uh you know taking the yearbook start slide it onto the shelf queue mm-hmm. up uh the the green day what's the green day song i hope you've the, had the, the time the, of your life yeah I've, i hope you've had the time of your yeah. life let's uh yeah let's all uh you know shed a single tear and uh-huh. move on with our goddamn lives uh, now that we've made it through this 2023 season.
0: Yeah, it's over. It is It is a wrap, and I'm very happy that it's over. And I think that there is a lot of promise next year, but I also, just like you said, let's put this yearbook on the shelf. Maybe even like we're putting the yearbook on the shelf and then immediately getting in the car, a packed car, and driving away to college. Like we're not even going to look back at this yearbook in like fifteen years when our parents are like, "Hey, we're gonna change, we're gonna change your bedroom into like a sitting room. I don't know." Uh, And they like pull that yearbook off the shelf and then they send you a picture of it. They're like, "Hey, did you did you want this?" And our response is still going to be like, "No, no, we're good. We've already Mm yeah we're, we're." Yeah, we remember that year. We absolutely remember that year. We don't need to look at it again. Um, yeah, we we do love F one, folks. Uh, but this is this is a perfect perfect example of F one not loving us back, but us refusing to be like, fine, you don't love us back. We'll just be withholding with our love. Instead, we made a list of superlatives. So we love it. Indeed, we love it. Uh, all right, Johnny. Where's the stock? Where are we
1: at? How are we feeling? I'm I'm going to say the stock is completely level. There mm-hmm. was this brief blip or bump this morning between this New York City news yeah. like catching uh, Twitter by storm and then almost immediately being fizzled out. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to say we're totally static at the yeah. moment, and and we may continue to be for for the next few weeks as we head into a quiet and calm holiday season that hopefully doesn't have too many absurd F1 shenanigans popping off all over the place.
0: Yeah. I mean, we should be prepared to uh, be prepared to scroll your social media feeds to see every single driver or uh, team principal or uh, famous engineer or mechanic uh, having family time and doing goofy stuff with like nieces, nephews and children. Um, Also, it'd be nice to see who like celebrates the holidays together if there are some people who kind of get together uh because most of these folks live in monaco um so you know Mm -hmm. maybe maybe we'll get some some group photos there um but yeah i agree leveled out i'd say like this morning was like barely even a blip like i'd say if you looked at like the minute by minute tracking of the stock you'd be like oh wow there was like a blip but if you even zoomed out to like an hour it would not register so eh, a little little blip there but very very stagnant i shouldn't say stagnant i should say static it's very static uh where can the folks find you out there in the world johnny
1: uh you can track me down anytime
0: via my home base johnnymotion.com Corey, where can the folks find you They can also track me down at my home base, which is CoreyPWillis.com. We've also got the F1 Files on TikTok, on Twitter, and also the F1 Files pod on Instagram. Uh, And I'm burn, Corey Burn, and all the stuff, so track me down if you want to go direct. Folks, we're going to catch up with you next time, just like you will catch up with us the next time on these sweet old F1 Files.